Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome to your weekly edition of the CardsCast, a podcast from Cardinal Authority. I'm senior writer Michael McCamma, joined by publisher Jody Demling. A lot of exciting things going on. It looks like we might have a football season, but before we can get to the football season, we got to have football camp. And for the University of Louisville, that starts on Tuesday, uh, Tuesday morning. And Jody, it's always an exciting moment. We're, we're usually down there. We're just planning on spending a couple hours in the sun, taking photos, you know, doing post-practice interviews and all that. Obviously, this year's a little bit different. We're going to be doing a lot of that by Zoom. There's no going down there and able to watch it, but still a pretty exciting moment when you, you step into fall camp. Yeah, we're not going to be able to watch anything, and then for, that's unfortunate because I love uh, I love watching fall camp and just chilling and hanging out um, with uh, with with some football guys. But hey, to be at this point right now where you have a camp at all is uh, is is a good thing in its own right. Um, they'll start camp tomorrow, and a lot of people asking about you know why tomorrow and all that. Well, it was the original date. So Louisville was supposed to play on September second. That was the original date that they were going to practice tomorrow, and they just didn't. The NCAA just said keep your date because I mean, quite honestly, it's changing every day. You know what I mean? Like like some you know I mean as we know the Big Ten doesn't know when their games are going to start yet, or they haven't announced the date of when their games are going to start. Other other conferences have just decided. And, you know I noticed the Sun Belt went to twelve. You know said they're going to play twelve games today. All this could change. So. It's it's a matter of kind of like, OK, just go ahead and do it, because you know what? I mean, you don't know when you're going to start a season, really, to be honest. Um, you know, like I said, even though the ACC has said September 7th through the uh, uh, 11th that week, I mean, it could be it could be pushed back uh, to later uh, if, if it is. And uh, so they just said, keep your camps and uh, and go at it. And, and I, I'm excited for the for this Louisville team, um, you know, for guys. They haven't had a whole lot to look forward to. They haven't had a whole lot to, you know, you, you don't, you, you know, they knew, as we said last week, they knew that September 2nd date was on the calendar, but they, for the most part, knew they weren't playing NC State on September 2nd. It just wasn't going to happen. And it wasn't because of the derbies that week and they were going to move it. It was because of the pandemic. So now they've got a little excitement. And uh, and I think it's, uh, uh, I, I think it'll make for a very spirited camp, even though it will be more of a quiet camp. Yeah, you know, and and typically, and we were talking to Brian Brown, defensive coordinator, just a, a little bit ago. You know, one of the things that he mentioned is, you know, they've spent much of the off season, as you traditionally do, focusing on that season opening opponent, which was going to be NC State, as well as maybe you know another key game that's early in the schedule, which this year was Clemson. Well, you know, the adjusted schedule comes out, and there's no NC State, no Clemson. And you don't know who's going to be week one yet. So it's a little bit different. Of course, the first few days of, of camp is just kind of, you know, making sure the rust is all gone, getting familiar with, with what you, how you run camp and those kind of things. But once the pads come on, you know, come on, they're going to start to want to focus, you know, so who knows when we'll get the actual uh, schedule out. But, yeah, there's still a lot to be excited about as the Cardinals do enter fall camp. Obviously, they finished on an extremely high note with the win over uh, Mississippi State in the Music City Bowl with both sides of the ball making big plays. And and, and that's kind of been the theme. And when they started their their spring ball, which, you know, they got about a 
I guess a third of it in maybe, you know, six or seven practices or so. Um, that was kind of the theme, you know, they had just kind of carried over that momentum and there was a lot of positive uh, things coming out of spring ball. Now they've gotten through their vol- voluntary workouts. They, they've, they've had some walkthroughs, which really was is the first time since that bowl game uh, that they've been able to really do anything as a, as a team. And, and now they're going to have camp where they're finally going to be able to do some 11 on 11 work, you know, so it's, yeah, and and I'm I've been really impressed, uh, Jody, with how they've yeah you know, how Scott Satterfield and his staff have really managed uh, you know from the shutdown to the return to campus you know getting through the walkthroughs the NCAA allowed walkthroughs there as they kind of ease them into fall camp and and now you know keeping with that schedule that they had the August fourth was our date let's stick with it and you know if the season once they get a, a start date and stuff maybe they'll adjust how they do their spring practice don't know well you know that's still a question to be answered down the road but really impressed by how they've managed you know their guys all through this you know this difficult time and now as they start preparing for what looks like it's going to actually happen the 2020 season. Yeah. And, and I'm, I, look, I, I'm one and, 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 and look, I, I had, I, you know, my life has been greatly affected by the, by the coronavirus, and it still it still is to this day, each and every day, uh, as I do uh, uh, some exercises while we're doing this podcast here. But um, I, I think from, from my standpoint and looking at it, we're, we're going to have a season. It's just going to be a matter of how does it look like and how many fans are going to be in attendance and how many games are they going to be able to get through uh, before they do have some, because there's going to be some games when they don't, when we don't play, there's going to be some games when it just, it just happens uh, that those two teams have, uh, have, um, um, you know, some kind of case or, or, or cases at some point. Now, as far as, as, as getting a game plan going, look, they, the staff is is kind of ticked off and you know they're not and i shouldn't say ticked off it's it's more of a dang we did a lot of preparation you know for yeah. nc state because they did it during spring ball but that's not um that's not something that you're going to see this staff go crazy on and uh, you know unlike past years when we uh years ago when we heard well they they worked on the game plan and they ripped it up and they did another game plan and it was like the 14th time that they're back around on the game plan and they just keep working on that same opener uh, all the time, as previous staffs might have done. This staff um, spends a lot of time on a lot of different games, you know. So they do a lot of pre-work in the in the off season anyway. Uh, and I'm excited, and I like to see. Uh, I, I like what they have done um, as far as getting this um, getting this program to to the point now. Um, where, where there's, there's, there's even more excitement than, than a, a lot more excitement than there was this time last year. Cause quite honestly, Michael, if you think back last year, it was excitement because it was the first year for Scott Satterfield. But other than that, and it was, uh, we were, we were dreading some games last year and, uh, no matter who's on the schedule or when they play it this year, um, I'm not dreading games. I'm excited. Let's get it going. And, uh, and, and let's see what happens. Yeah, I remember last year making a preseason projection that Louisville was going to get, you know, a, a bowl bid and, and, and was kind of laughed at by quite a few and, and kind of understandably looked like I was going on a pretty big limb. And, and obviously Scott Satterfield and the staff, they finished off at eight and five. So, yeah, there's a lot of excitement coming into this season. I mean, you look at what they accomplished and then what they have coming back. Mikhail Cunningham, record record breaker, Tutu Atwell, record breaker, Javion Hawkins, record breaker. You've got these three studs, in, you know, on your offensive side of the ball all coming back and you've got a lot of veterans on that offensive front. You got a, a you know, an ACC leading tight end catching a touchdown, catching tight end coming back. It's a lot of things to get excited about on that offensive side of the ball. 
defensively, what what they improved about 10 points per game last year over 2018, which, you know, it wasn't hard to do as bad as 2018 was, but it's, you know, took the right step. And I think you're going to see the defense while still as, as Brian Brown, you know, kind of described it today, still a work in progress, still working on that depth, but you know, they're, they're poised to take another impressive step this year as well. So certainly a lot of excitement coming into the season. Yeah, we'll have, we'll have a lot of things over the course of this week. Some, uh, a look at five, you know, five different, you know, five MVP candidates on offense and defense. Some, um, you know, some look at, uh, at, 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 at some newcomers, uh, guys that we, we think might surprise guys that th- we think are going to be right in the mix. And, um, you know, I, I, Michael, as we start fall camp, I guess my whole thing is this, when you look at that list of newcomers and you look at the guys returning, it's quite obvious that the newcomers are going to play. It's just a matter of how many of them are going to be able to, they're going to be able to redshirt and how many of them uh, are going to end up rolling into key positions. And I think it's probably quite a few of them uh, into key positions. You know, uh, Brian Brown mentioned, and I know everybody freaks out about depth on the defensive line. I mean, it happens every time we turn around, people people are talking about it. Not only on the boards, I get it in public, I get it on Twitter, you know, everywhere. And what did Brian Brown say today? He's not worried about depth on the defensive line. He thinks that there's some there's some newcomers there that they can actually redshirt. So that means play four games and then and then not worry about them again. So um, he's not worried about depth on the on the defensive line. He's worried about depth in the secondary, which is quite obvious. And and at linebacker, because if they do get somebody hurt at linebacker, it's going to be tough to. Uh, tough to rebound and, and and bring that that person back, you know, and bring someone else in because it's newcomers and and new guys. While the depth is being built, it's it's inexperienced right now. But uh, but I'm excited. I want to see what I want to see who plays the most in the newcomers. I guess just off the top of my head, and I don't have the list here with me right now. But just off the top of my head, I'm thinking of the newcomers, you know, coming in this year. Um, I've heard a lot about Henry Bryant and I think Jared Goldwire is the guy in the middle, but defensively, I think, uh, you know, a guy like Henry Bryant or maybe, um, uh, maybe greedy Vance. Those are the two guys that I expect to maybe play the most on, on, on the defensive side of the ball. Yeah. It's interesting. You mentioned Henry Bryant. He was a guy, you know, because, you know, he's, you know, I'm not comparing him to Elvis Dumerville, but for a defensive lineman, he's a smaller stature as far as height goes, like Elvis was. And, and that can be to an advantage if you're quick. And as we know, Henry Bryant was a running back you know, earlier in his high school career, and he's kind of kept that same type of expected burst as he's made the move over to a defensive tackle. And I kind of kept an eye on him uh, during the, those first few days of spring ball when we were able to, to get uh, to able to go into the, the uh, Traeger Center over there during practices. And I tell you what, that kid just, you know, you wouldn't think it just looking at him, but once he gets down in his stance, I mean, the immediate burst that he has was impressive enough. I, I agree. I think he's a guy that, you know, is going to see some time this year. I think that four game rule uh, is, is fantastic, especially for this class since they've got so many uh, newcomers coming in. But yeah, I think really watching that secondary uh, for some of those newcomers to, to really make a difference. And, and then, you know, somebody to obviously keep an eye on is Yaya Diaby. Obviously he's a, not a true freshman. He's a junior, but, uh, a newcomer, nonetheless, and I think a guy that really has an opportunity to make a, a big impact as well. Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's all over the place. I think offensively, 
Um, you, you won't see it as much. I, I mean, I think Trevor Reed's going to work himself in uh, to the mix. I think Cam DeGeorge, the grad transfer, work himself in the mix. But I honestly don't think you're going to see a ton. I, I'll, gi- I'll give you one. Uh, I'll give you one here, Michael. Uh, I'll go on and steal it a little bit uh, from my my story later in the week. But one of my top five surprise players on the team is going to be out of the running back position because I think Jalen Mitchell is going to play some, and I think it's he will surprise people at just how good, how talented, and how physical of a runner he is. It it gives them a little bit of a different. Not that he's slow at all, but it gives them he he's a bigger back for uh, for what com, you know compared to Hassan and and Javion Hawkins. Um, I just think he gives them a different version, and, uh, and and I'm excited to see what he does. And you know what? With the wide receivers, somebody's going to have to step up. I mean, you're talking about a, a wide receiver group um, where you have Des Fitzpatrick and Tutu Atwell, two of the best in the ACC. But other than that, you know, Justin Marshall, you've got, um, you know, had a few catches last year. But other than that, nobody's really caught any passes from last year. I mean, there's nobody back in that group. That uh, that had catches. Uh, I think before he got hurt, one of the two was Josh Johnson or Tyler here. I think Tyler, no, Josh Johnson before he got hurt had one catch. But other than that, there's nobody in that group that that's that's had any catches. You know, Corey Reed, Kristen Fitzpatrick, uh, I, I, you know, I mentioned Harold, uh, Jordan Watkins, Braden Smith, uh, Nick Melito, guys that have got talent, guys that have got a lot of. Uh, bright futures, but really uh, nobody. Um, I, I don't know nobody. Nobody that's out there right now that uh, that has any experience, Michael. Yeah, offensively, you know, I agree with you on Trevor Reed along the offensive line. Another one that's gotten a lot of praise, Luke Kander. Really, you know, look forward to seeing how much of an impact you know he makes uh, on the offensive front. You know, could he be a four game and then redshirt guy? I think if, if they're able to redshirt him, I think that means the offensive line is in a pretty good place, which I expect expect it to be. Uh, but yeah, I think a lot of that's going to focus when you look at the newcomers at that wide receiver spot. Now, you know, going back to spring again, you know, Braden Smith really impressive, but Christian Fitzpatrick, I remember watching the wide receivers the couple of days we were in for that and just seeing him it was like you knew who he was but it was still like that can't be the true freshman wide receiver i mean just you know, his size at 6'4 215 i mean the, the build that he has and then going out and, and you know showed some great hands during spring so a lot of expectations to see christian potentially play especially having that opportunity to be uh, with his older brother senior des fitzpatrick so i expect to see some balls probably come his way if he continues to be as impressive in camp as he was in the spring. Uh, you know, so yeah. it's going to be exciting to watch all these newcomers, you know, start to take shape as the Satterfield era gets into year number two. No doubt. Michael's got a uh, 10 questions up right now. 10 questions as we head into uh, fall camp. I did a, uh, uh, a football notebook. We'll have that each Monday morning, in mon- Monday at some point, Monday during the day. Um, it, it, and it's more of a, uh, it, it's more of a, a a new content ad that's kind of a uh, just kind of catch up with things because there's a lot out there and and and, and I'll throw some other uh, some other schools in on the on the on the schedule and that kind of thing so you can keep up with injuries and, and things like that so we'll continue that uh, on Mondays as well and of course I had a five prospects uh, or actually I think it was seven prospects uh, and then T.J. Lewis committed so it's, it was six to guys to watch. As, uh, as we're dwindling down, we're dwindling down to the numbers. And we explained on the, the special edition of the Cards cast on, on, uh, on Saturday. We, yeah, Saturday when T.J. Lewis committed that the numbers 
have changed. Um, you know, Louisville now with 22 on the board in 2021. They just have two spots left. It's a great position to be in as they head into fall camp. And I and I still I will say this and uh, uh, and I'll keep saying this. Um, you still have um, there. There is still nothing uh, changed with Prince Kali at this point. I know he got a crystal ball and, and people all freaking out and worried about it. But uh, just <laughs> as I told just as I told you when uh, uh, Shadur Sanders got a crystal ball that I believe was a six confidence um, that I didn't think he was coming to Louisville. Um I, I will tell you with the Notre Dame uh, insider, Tom Loy, who's very good, is uh, our colleague up there uh, in South Bend, put a seven in. Um, I, I still think right now if I had to make a pick, and I'm not going to put a crystal ball in because I'm not confident enough right now that I, that I, know, uh, that, that I know where he's going. Not that, not that he's not going to Louisville or not going to Notre Dame, but I think that you know Prince is still in the stage of, of figuring it out. But if I had to right now, I would still pick Louisville um, from what I've heard from, uh, from my sources around, uh, you know, around Louisville and also around the, uh, you know, the kid and down, uh, down in the Tennessee area. So um, it'll be interesting to see uh, what happens. Uh, I know Louisville is putting all their efforts into it and uh, uh, he's the main guy on the board. Other than that, it's, it's really kind of wait and see, I think. I mean, Gunter Brewer wants a wide receiver. I don't think he's going to get a take a wide receiver. Dwayne Ledford wants an offensive lineman. I think he might end up being able to take an offensive lineman. You know, Scott Satterfield wants five quarterbacks in the room. Do they take Nick Vadiato as that fifth guy? Yeah, it'll be interesting to see uh, kind of what happens moving forward with that last spot. But uh, I can tell you one of them will be a linebacker. Other than that, that second spot, it could be a little bit of anything. Yeah, I mean, and it's almost once you get to that final spot, you know, the way the you know this this whole recruiting process is gone, you know, it, no harm in holding on to it, and you never know what's going to pop up. But yeah, a lot of different options that they have, and and I, I'm like with you. I've chatted about it a little bit on the Cardinal Authority Insider boards earlier today about Prince Kali. You know, you know, continuing to hear uh, really good things with, with Louisville, the way they're recruiting and the relationships that they built. Now, obviously, you you know, it's one of those recruiting you know efforts that everybody's coming after him. And right now it looks like it's Louisville, Notre Dame, and it's going to, you know, kind of a bit of a roller coaster ride, but that's kind of what you expect. And that's kind of what you anticipate. And, and now that Louisville's down to just uh, two, uh, two spots in the class, a little more spotlight's going to fall on each one as a, kind of as the, the hype and stuff kind of builds. But, uh, you know, it's certainly a guy that you would love to have in your class. As I said, on the boards, you know, it would be a, a great cherry on top of a fantastic class to this point. Yeah, no doubt about it. And, uh, and again, um, I'm not worried. You're going to hear people get offers. You're going to hear people say, "We're, I mean, we're the, this kid and that kid and decommitment and all that." Um, you know, we're going to tell we're going to tell you what we're hearing, but uh, uh, but there's not a lot of negativity out there as far as uh, as with this class. It's hard to uh, it's hard to find any negative about what this staff has done as far as recruiting is concerned and, and moving into the last two spots of this class. And as now, as they transition into the 2022 class, um, you know, they've got a lot of guys that they really wanted and, uh, and, and it'll be interesting. Hey, one thing I did want to bring up when we talk about, when we go back and talk about uh, recruiting uh, the 2020 class 
included KJ to KJ Cloyd. He has committed to Louisville, but he's not finished up the uh, the paperwork, so he's not on campus. He was expected to be on campus this weekend. Um, I, I'm told that they're hoping that they can get this ironed out this afternoon, you know, by 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 Monday evening, and they'll be able to announce uh, that his addition to um, the roster. I do know after he committed. Um, was it two weeks ago? Uh, yeah, two weeks ago tomorrow after he committed, um, there has been a ton of talk uh, between Mississippi, Mississippi State, uh, and, uh, and some other schools down in the South. So I know the SEC is trying hard to, uh, to get him to kind of go back on his commitment before he gets to campus. Um, I, from what I understand, the latest that I've been told, um, is that they expect Louisville expects to have it wrapped up at some point this evening as far as all the paperwork, and then they don't have to worry about um, those other schools, you know, trying to still trying to get him uh, at the very last minute. That's the tough thing about a late addition is you don't have a whole lot of control over. It's not like a national signing day, you know. It's not like you're sending a letter of intent and then you're uh, you're you're in our program. Um, it's kind of up to when the kid and his family and people around him or whatever can can get things happened and and and, and move on um again i just know there's some other schools out there that are really trying to get him which tells me uh he is a very good addition for this louisville team and the louisville defense and they still at this point expecting to be on campus um you know sometime later this week hey jody this uh, 20 i think we should just throw this in there the 2021 class currently with 22 commitments uh, just a little update. I'm currently sitting number 20 in the 247 Sports Industry com- uh, generated uh, composite ratings. Number, remains number four in the ACC. Its average player rating of 8619 is, is would sit as the, just the third time a U of L recruiting class has gotten above the 86 uh, spot, and it's the high, second highest currently, the second highest uh, in program history. And I suspect that it's going to hover around that until the class closes out. So it's looking at going to be one of the first or second highest rated from a prospect rating, average prospect rating uh, status that Louisville's ever had. And the, and the overall ranking, I think it's trending to finish probably between 25 and 30, which, again, uh, puts it among the best the school's ever had. So uh, Scott Satterfield and his staff certainly have done a fantastic job, you know, through a shutdown, the ongoing pandemic, you know, with the Zoom calls. And, and as we've heard from the recruits, um, the way that they're forming relationships and making it an entire staff effort has, has really impressed a lot of these kids and has been one of the main reasons why they've been able to do so well. Yep, no doubt about it. They've done a great, they've done a, a, a bang up job, and they'll they'll continue that. So, all right, let's move on to some basketball. Not a ton to report in basketball, Michael. Um, again, these guys, um, they haven't been able to do. You know, they were shut down for a couple weeks, so they they were not doing anything. Uh, and then last week came back, and and were able to start doing. I guess two weeks ago came back, and were able to start doing. Um, some summer conditioning they went through last week, did some, uh, they did some teaching. Um, you know, coach Mack is, uh, and coach Murray are back on campus. Um, uh, you know, the coaches were gone for quite a while, uh, off of campus and then, uh, and, but they've been back for a little while and, uh, and they're run they're kind of, uh, doing the workouts. And, and right now, um, Mike Pegues just, his wife just had a, a baby and, uh, and I think he's staying home right now. Uh, once school returns, 
on August 17th. I know he'll get back in and uh, uh, he's got to get he's got to give that newborn up a little bit uh, uh, and, uh, and 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 get back into the office. But I know he will be back in the office. And from what I understand, Dino Gaudio will be as well. You know, I mean, you know, I, I think health concerns and, and being safe um, is why Coach Gaudio is kind of. Not, I won't say stayed away, but is why he's been very active in recruiting. We know, and he's also been very active in uh, in doing things. But it's just been it's been it's been on Zoom. It's been on uh, on uh, on Teams uh, and, and things like that. And and those guys are there uh, as far as watching the workouts and doing that kind of stuff. They're just not actually present for another couple of weeks. But both of them have circumstances that uh, that they need to, you know needed to tend to as far as. Uh, you know, being at home and that kind of stuff. So um, Coach Mack and Coach Murray have been running the show. And, I, you know, like I said, it's just not been a ton of of, of things that they've had to do. Um, I mentioned on one of the threads that I did, I, I, as I understand it, DeAndre Davis is a guy who, um, as I was told, is, is going to help be able to help this team out this year. Not that uh, the other newcomers won't, but but he's the one maybe in the early indications that uh, that that maybe i don't know if i'd say he's a little better than they thought but he is uh, transitioned well let's just say and uh, uh you know michael we we we've been kind of bullish on deandre davis at 24 7 sports and and jj trainer um you know they both are outside of the top 100 in uh the uh, the 24 7 composite but we're both inside our top 100 and i think uh I think we're I, I think we're right with both of them, but I'm I am certain we are right with DeAndre Davis that he is going to be an impact guy uh, at the Louisville ACC level. And I don't know if he, I don't know if I'd say impact as a freshman, but definitely contributor as a freshman. Yeah, well, I had a chance to talk to both JJ and DeAndre. Uh, we did the the series as as many know, uh, ten questions with the newcomers. If you haven't seen them yet, you can go to CardinalAuthority.com and. And throw them up, Jody. You did a great job, kind of compiling them, compiling them, and, and throwing it up uh, over the weekend. So go check those out. But really love the the attitude uh, of both DeAndre and JJ. You know, they kind of view uh, what David Johnson did last year, and I don't think they're comparing themselves to David Johnson, but just the, how Chris Mack was able to utilize David Johnson and make him such an integral part of the uh, the uh, the team has kind of really motivated these guys that, that, look, we can come in and we do have an opportunity. And, and as you're saying, from what we're hearing about the DeAndre, you know, he's making that transition, you know, to campus and to competing at, at this level. Uh, it sounds like pretty smoothly, uh, which is what you want. So I'm really excited to see both of those guys. I mean, I think they both have bright futures, could be lengthy futures at Louisville, which you'd love to see and, and longtime contributors. So really like, and I tell you, Jody, one thing that's really stood out to me, uh, looking at the tweets that the basketball program, you know, contend with, you know, occasionally sends out is the size of these guys. I mean, strength coach Andy Kettler has done an unbelievable job, you know, and they're, they're looking bulk. I mean, they look like a bunch of yeah. hulks out there. It's been impressive. Yeah, no, I, I think you're right. And I mean, it's one of those deals where um, guys look, the guys look different. Um, you know, I mean, I think it's going to be, um, I think it's going to be a better year than most people think, because I think most people, I, I think most people assume that David Johnson and Sam Williamson are the two best players on the team. I guess, uh, uh, let me go back. That David William, David Johnson, Samuel Williamson, and Malik Williams are the three top players in some shape or form. I think that's what most people out there think. Um, and, and I think when it's all said and done, drop off. And I, well, but I think when it's all said and done, I think people are going to realize that Carly Jones might be the best player 
Now he's not, I don't think he's the best pro prospect. I don't think he's the best guy who um, is, is going to get a lot of, a ton of, you know, national accolades and all that kind of stuff. But I think by the end of the year, my prediction, and it might be a bold one at this point for some people, if you're listening, but some others, if you've seen him, you're, 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 you're aware. I think Carly Jones is going to end up being an all ACC player. I really do. And uh, um, I would not be shocked uh, if at the end of the year we look back and do a podcast and, uh, and we say, you know what, that was right. He was, he was the best player uh, on this team. That's not to say the other guys aren't going to have good years. So my, I guess what I'm saying is, I feel really, really, really good with uh, with us with a starting five. It's just going to be from now until the beginning of the season. How do some of those other guys improve to get on the you know, to to get those minutes and to be able to contribute and to make this team make the depth where it needs to be for them to compete, you know, uh, at the highest level. And, And when I say that. I, I don't think guys can't do it. I just think it's a bunch of unproven young guys. And that's uh, and, and that's the point right now. So I'm excited. I, w- I can't wait to get basketball going so we can hopefully at some point, even if it's on TV, just see and watch these guys kind of uh, mingle together and, and, and get together because uh, because there are some really good players on this team. And, uh, and and again, I don't think people truly understand how good Carlyke Jones is. Yeah, I think, you know, especially from an outside uh, Louisville perspective, you know, because, you know, the shutdowns kind of hindered the opportunity to get news for part of it. You know, but I think I think Carlique, as well as both grad transfers, are kind of undervalued a little bit because I think from a national perspective or when you're you know, you're looking at what a team comes back, you don't I, don't I don't think many of our brains are still trained to to go that way. Uh, but as you know. You've, you've spoken highly of him. Obviously, Chris Mack has spoken highly of him. Talked to Brian Snow, 247 Sports uh, Analyst. Uh, I've talked, chatted with him a number of times and extremely high. Obviously, he had him rated as the number one uh, grant for, grant transfer in the country. So this is a guy I expect to, cut, to come in. We had a chance to talk to him the other day. I'll have something on him on Tuesday morning. Um, and his attitude is basically, look, if I have to score, I'm going to score. If I have to dish, I'm going to dish. If, I have to, if my defense is the difference maker, that's what I'm going to do. You know, and that's what you want from a guy that's going to be coming in and really forced to lead a, a brand new team to him. Um, you know, so looking forward to, to you know, seeing his impact. And, and like you, can't wait to see what becomes of the basketball season. And kind of on a related note, uh, we posted this on the, on the message board at Cardinal Authority. As you know, the Cardinals right now are scheduled to play in the MGM Resorts main event in November out in Las Vegas. Certainly one of those events, it seems like it's very much up in the air, whether you get played or not. It's still no decision on that, but they are moving forward with hopefully playing it um, as we posted over there. And you can get more at gocarts.com. Uh, they're going to start a presale on the tickets. They're going to cap capacity out there at 25%. Um, so if you're still interested in getting out to Las Vegas uh, for the event, November 20th through the 22nd, um, they're still you know hoping to have that uh, event go on. So Either go to cardinalauthority.com or gocards.com. You can find more information on it. But it's, yeah. it's it's interesting to see how things are starting to now be announced as if they're going to happen. Yeah, no, we'll see. And uh, I, I don't I don't think Vegas will happen. Um, I, I really don't. Um, I'd be surprised, uh, but interesting to release at least today. Yeah, yeah I guess. Yeah, and to- I just I just think you have to you have to plan like it is for right now, just because it's only you know 
it's only three it's only three and a half months less than three and a half months away so you kind of have to plan for it right now and if it doesn't happen then uh, then you then you refund those tickets um i've been told also this week we'll hear some maybe some schedule news um i uh, for basketball I, I again i'm not sure that non-conference games will happen but uh uh, but I think at some point in the next uh, week or 10 days that we'll find out a, uh, a, a game date for the Kentucky Louisville game um, in, uh, in in late December. So uh, it'll be very interesting to see. And we also uh, know now that Louisville only has uh, well limited spots left in their recruiting class. After last week's news of Eric Vonderheiden joining the uh, class with Bobby Pettiford, L. Ellis and Bryce Hopkins, the cards are down to just two scholarships. One of those definitely well, absolutely no question will be used for a center prospect. Roosevelt Wheeler is the top guy. I think he is um, the guy that uh, really, when you look at it, that's who they want. They're in good position. NC State right there with them, though. It's going to be a tough, uh, it's a tough one. Uh, Coach Keats has done a really good job. Coach uh, uh, Coach uh, Pegues with Louisville and Coach Mack have done a great job of, of getting there in there with him. Mack, uh, uh, Mick Barber, Mick Bar, Mick Beer, ETN. I think I just call him Mick. Um, is uh, the guy from Brewster? I think Louisville is 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 in the mix, but it's a lot of schools in the mix, and it's going to be a long recruiting process. There's a kid named Jamarian Sharp who was actually one of Jay Scrubs' teammates last year. He's actually a seven foot two kid uh, from uh, from John Logan who uh, played. Uh, is from originally from Hopkinsville, so he's kind of a little bit under the radar. But some Power Five schools have really taken notice. Um, I'm not sure. I heard he was gonna get offered by Kansas. I don't know if Kansas has actually offered him not, or yet, but uh, but he's getting a lot of looks and uh, uh, a lot of different Power Five guys coming after him. So he's one just to kind of to keep an eye on. But what that one spot's got to be a center, and then the other spot's gonna be a really good athletic dude who can handle the ball, who can score, who can do a lot of different things. Um, you know, last week when Louisville, um, actually he committed last week or he, he made it official last week, but Eric Vanderheiden had committed actually like about, a, about 10 days before he made that uh, announcement. So coach Mack and his staff had the opportunity or the chance to call their top targets and tell them what was going on and how they wanted to proceed moving forward. Uh, you know, Malachi Branham was one of those guys. And before that, he even committed to Ohio state and stayed home. Harrison Ingram and Jalen Worley were the next two guys on their list. The guys that they really, really wanted. Both guys were informed and said, Hey, we're going to still recruit you. Um, but I think it's just one of those deals where you look at uh, the other guys in the class and the other guys on the thing. And I'm not saying that they're, uh, scared of competition or, or anything like that, but uh, um, you know, it, but it's a it's it's a it's a crowded roster uh, of guys, and it, and it becomes tough um, to really go after guys that appear to be similar to other guys you have on your on your roster. Like I think Harrison Ingram was going to be a tough recruitment to the end anyway. I think he'll end up at Purdue or Stanford, probably Stanford. Um, but uh, but when you look at you know when you look at what um, Louisville has, um, I think they would have stuck. I think they would have stayed in the mix. Um, I think they would have stayed in the mix for him had they, had he put them on, on, on his list, but he didn't. And, uh, and so they move on Michael. Yeah. And when you look at the class that they have right now, the four in the uh, 2021 class, um, it, it's kind of got that, that Chris Mack stamp. I mean, he, we know that he loves the versatility 
uh, you guys that can you know, move around to different spots on the floor. And you're seeing that uh, quite a bit. And, and, you know, I suspect even with the big man, it's going to be somebody that's a little bit more of a versatile big man, as we'll eventually see uh, in the class. And then, you know, we've talked, we, Jody, we've talked about uh, and you've mentioned a number of times that you know, potentially cl- reaching out to six in this class. And maybe it could be a grand transfer or a transfer. Thoughts on, you know, is that still something that they could consider down the road or, or do you think they'll focus more onto the high school class? Um, I mean, I think I mean, I think it's down the road. They can be yeah. very picky. They can be very picky. I think they want to get a post player in this class like they want a post player in the freshman class. You know, if something were to happen and they would in and there would be an opening of a scout of an extra scout. Look, I, I think right now they're going to have six. And I know everybody's out there going six. What's that mean? I, I think. Yeah, I, I think David Johnson and Sam Williamson are gone after this year. It's my gut feeling. That's what I that's what I think. Um, uh, two things about that. If they are, it's going to be a really good year if they're, uh, and, and, and I do think, um, that the notice validations could play into how many scholarships you have left, you know, and how many people, uh, are, are still on the thing. You know, we're going to know by that. We're going to know by, uh, well, Lord, I hope we know by April, <laughs> if not, if not, the NCAA is going to be, uh, uh, going to be really dragging their feet on this one, but, uh, but we'll know. So I think that, that, you know, there's there's flex there there could be flexibility in the end but they want a post player out of the high school ranks from what i understand in this class 2021 that other spot you can be really picky with taking a really good player someone that you really want they can go out and they can really go after trevor keels or hunter uh, hunter south i think hunter south would be the guy right now um that i would put at the top there you know um demarco dunn is a guy out of north carolina that uh uh, I think they'll mess around a little bit with and see if uh, if they can uh, get more involved with him. Um, I, I'm not a big Davy Jones fan. I think they're pretty in there, pretty good with him. Uh, I would put him down a little on my list. Uh, and then Debo Coleman uh, is just a re- is a tough recruiting uh, thing. The uh, uh, so many people in you know so many schools involved there. So. Those are the guys that I think they want. But if they don't get one of those guys, then you get a grad transfer. And you know, look how good Chris Mack has been with grad transfers. Look how good Louisville's been with grad transfers. And and they can at least tell people, hey, look, here's what we've got to offer. And uh, and again, I, I just don't think it's um, I, I don't I don't think it's 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 not in a bad situation right now, Michael. Yeah, I mean, sitting at August 3rd. Yeah, you know, with the commits that they have for in this class, looking to take six, I think they're in a fantastic uh, position. To, you know, and and now that you know, like I said, I think they can get you know even picky, you know, with their fifth and sixth. So uh, looking forward to seeing well, how they can wrap it up. People don't realize this, but uh, you know, and um, actually, my wife realizes it because I've been home. Um, <laughs> I, I normally this is the day that I'm decompressing from having a month of being on the road for a month, the month of July, not only the ACC football media day, but also you know, the Peach Jam and, uh, and Under Armour and Adidas and all those other events that they have. This is normally the day that we see most of the big prospects in, in, in you know, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday of this week, cut down their list and narrow down their list. Well, so many of them have already made decisions this year. So we're, you, you've really accelerated the process and Louisville has really even more so accelerated the process by getting four guys in the class, you know, uh, and, and, and obviously adding Gabe Wisnitzer to the, to this, to the 2020 uh, class and, and him already on campus. So that's five 
I mean, I he's going to redshirt. I include him in that class, to be quite honest. That's a five-man class right now that are going to be newcomers next year. One of those guys who's been on campus, who's going to be on campus for a whole year. So, you know, you're they're really ahead of the game. I know people, you know, might say, oh, no, they are. They're really ahead of the game. They got two spots left. Uh, one's a post player and one they can be really, really picky. And that's not a bad spot uh, to be in. Michael, uh, a couple other real quick notes. Um, great jobs. Uh, uh, great job on the by the WNBA girls. How about Jasmine Jones and Kylie Shook? They hit each other on uh, on three. I, I think Jazz had three assists to Kylie and Kylie's two assists were both the Jazz. They really played well. Angel McCautry playing well. Maisha Hines Allen. And then in baseball as well. Um, you know, some guys doing some good things. We will uh, we'll keep you posted on that throughout the year, especially as there's not as much going on right now with uh, with U of L athletics. There, hopefully, we'll ramp that, be able to ramp that back up here soon, and uh, and again have games and everything else. Uh, but we'll keep you posted on the uh, on the athletes as well. And I got to throw this one out there. I'm a horse guy. Jack Sisterson's a former U of L so- men's soccer player, and uh, he won his first Grade One race. Uh, uh, which is the highest, you know, level in horse racing. It's the top one. He won his first grade one with Vextatious at Saratoga on Saturday. Uh, Jack is uh, a, a rising, up and coming young, great young trainer, and uh, he worked for Doug O'Neill. Was with Doug O'Neill when he won the when when he won a couple of derbies, and is now out on his own. So, congrats to Jack. I just wanted to throw that out there. Hey, and a quick note on, on Louisville baseball. Um, you know, they've wrapped up their summer leagues. Uh, you know, we've, we've had you know notes and notebooks and interviews. I actually talked to Ben Metzinger, who wrapped up a really uh, impressive season. He stayed here locally, playing over in, in St. Matthews. We'll have a story on him. But now that they've wrapped that up, they've got a, kind of a few days on their own. But they're going to be back on campus soon um, and beginning really their fall camp as well. Um, you know, and, and from what I understand, it's going to be done a little bit differently. They're going to limit how many guys can be on the field at a certain time. But uh, it, just in talking to the guys, they're really excited to get back on the, on the campus, start learning from under Dan McDonald again. And, and to be around the guys, I mean, they've been, they've been apart, you know, not just because of summer ball, but the shutdown kept these guys apart much longer. I mean, they, one, obviously expected to be playing until June, you know, so they've been apart, you know, the, much longer than they had ever anticipated. So there, there's a lot of excitement there as they're getting soon. We'll be back on campus and, and start working and focusing on the 2021 season, if you can believe yeah. it. And, and uh, you know, they have enough talent where they could split this team into like five <laughs> different individual teams for yeah. fall ball and, and be able to have good scrimmages. So it'll be interesting to see what coach Mack does and, uh, and all that kind of stuff. I hope they, uh, uh, they filmed some of them because I'm uh, unfortunately uh, we've been, I've been told that nobody's going to be allowed there because it's just going to be the protocols that they have to keep everybody safe. Uh, but the one year I really wanted to go out and watch some fall baseball uh, this year and uh, it's, it's not going to happen, but whatever, Michael, uh, we hope that there's a fall season. We hope there's a uh, season moving forward. When we get back to normal here at some point here really soon. Uh, we will keep you posted. We don't expect any commitments this week, but you never, ever know. Uh, around these parts if we have one we'll do a special edition of the cards cast if we have the scheduled dates and times michael and i will do a special edition breaking down uh the actual schedule and the, and the dates and the times i i think it'll be early next week but um, but again it could happen you know this week uh i know louisville is one of the schools from what i understand that is pretty set on their non-conference uh i do think unless something drastic happens uh, that it's going to be Western Kentucky uh, for that last game. For Michael McCammon, 
I'm Jody Demling. This has been a Cardscast, a weekly podcast at CardinalAuthority.com. You can now relive the best moments of the UEFA Champions League 24-7. The UEFA Champions League channel is a new 24-hour streaming channel serving non-stop goals, highlights, and full match replays from the world's most prestigious club competition. Reminisce on your favorite moments, legendary players, and brilliant goals with the UEFA Champions League channel streaming around the clock on Pluto TV and the CBS Sports app.